into cybersecurity? There's a ton of content out there, and if you don't know where to start, it can be overwhelming, even paralyzing. So let's fix that. Welcome to Simply Cyber, a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking, knowledge sharing, and professional development. I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, Chief Content Creator at Simply Cyber, inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions, interviewing industry experts, and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me. Now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else. Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the stream. Coming in a little hot, a little uh, production issues there. Absolute Carl. I rebooted my whole system because I wasn't having audio, and I didn't, I didn't want to like give, you know, go quietly into the good night of giving you guys manual sound effects um, unless I, I checked everything. Rebooted the computer while rebooting. Realized, <laughs> realized my earpiece wasn't plugged in. Complete, complete dummy. Um, <laughs> So anyways, here we are. Welcome, everybody. Let me get my little uh, script up here one second. Hope everybody's doing well. Today is Wednesday, uh, September 6, 2023. This is episode 445 of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Brief. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier, and over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Eddie, Priceless Pancake, Sean Porter, Tom Bishop over on the boot, Scotty Scott, Sharice K, Jordan BC, Chris K. Hall, Sid Sir Octavius of Williamsburg, Marcus Kyler, Kenneth Lowey, Michael Vito, the mods, folks over on LinkedIn, folks coming over on YouTube, Simply Cyber community members, squad members, all of us. We're going to be shredding the top cybersecurity news stories of the day. And I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of these stories, on what it means to you as a practitioner. Or if you're looking to break into the industry, we've got mad love and mad uh, good value for you here. Trust me, you're going to be asked in any job interview, how do you stay current in the uh, industry? This is a good answer. Shout out to Carrie. Scheduled the Sec Plus on the 30th. Go get it, Carrie. You got it. Woo! Oh, man, we're coming in hot. If it's your first time today, you're in for a treat. Every single Wednesday, we go around the world before we get into the news. I'm super pumped about that. Uh, remember, each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Brief podcast is worth half a CPE, so be sure to say what's up in chat. Hashtag Team Live if you're here live with us. What is going on with this overlay, bruh? Like, seriously, get this little overlay off my stream. What are we doing? Huh. The audacity of overlays coming in. I'm telling you guys, <laughs> I, you, it, I'm very transparent, right? So it's not, it's not a mistake or it's not subtle that I am uh, producing this and, ho <laughs> and hosting. So there's a lot of, like, uh, um, opportunities for improvement, I might say, uh, for the production quality. But you know what? It's authentic. 
and I'm coming at you live. All right, if you're on Team Replay, I hope you enjoy the hot mess express that this this morning feels like it's going to turn into. Hashtag Team Replay in the comments. I love high five and everybody. Uh, it's been a busy couple days. I haven't really been able to get into the Team Replay comments, unfortunately. Um, a lot going on, a lot to share. Uh, tag me or catch me outside. Catch me outside. Catch me outside at the end of the stream. I don't have a lot of time for jaw jacking today, but I do have a really, really special announcement uh, for this Thursday's live stream. If you are uh, part of the community and you want to know, uh, it will be me as the guest of this Thursday's live stream. More details um, on that as we get into the show. Before we get in, I do want to say shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors, Barricade Cyber Solutions. Love them, Eric Taylor and his gang. They're dedicated to helping... <laughs> uh, they've been helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions, they know how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Believe that. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Links in the description below. They've worked with all the, uh, you know, grimy threat actors uh negotiating ransoms helping businesses dig out from uh just devastating hits they've got experience and time in the saddle you look into eric taylor's eyes and you can see a man who's seen some things also want to say shout out and love to panopsi oh jess bishop thanks jess uh, i'll follow up with you hey want to say what's up for panopsi guys get a partner who understands your cyber program and your business goals if you're looking to take your information security program from reactive little Dutch boy fingers in the dike trying to keep the water out, um, constantly playing whack-a-mole, right? That's no way to live. You can't sleep well at night living a business, uh, securing a business like that. Get with Panopsi. They can help turn this around for you. Get in front of um, your business and say, okay, what's the threats look like? What's this business look like? What's everything look like? Budget, landscape maturity level, and then they'll develop a, you know, one to three year roadmap full of cyber risk reduction, prioritize, high, you know, low hanging fruit, high risk reduction type things. Um, this is really a really great uh, opportunity to mature your business information security if you want. What? R. Reed? R. Reed bringing the heat pass in the sec plus yesterday. Nice job, R. Reed. Trucker to cyber. We got some of those in the community. Uh, Aaron KG. Um, famously the video trucker to cyber that we did in there. Also want to say much love to anti-siphon training, but before we get into anti-siphon training at the mid roll, let's do, uh, around the world. Now guys, really quickly, if you're new here around the world is every Wednesday, we have an international audience here at simply cyber and we love celebrating that. I'm going to drop a link in chat cause I got to pin it because around the world is sponsored by ACI learning. I got to put my little graphic up here. Hold on. All right, guys. Check it out. All right, guys. This is my favorite part of the day. All right. Oh, by the way, if today's your first time on the stream, this is your first episode. Hashtag first timer in chat. I love welcoming new people to the community. Welcome aboard. You picked a good day. I'm not ready yet. Hold on, people. Mods, get ready. Guys, listen. Worldwide Wednesday is presented by IT Pro TV. Now, now IT Pro from I, 
ACI Learning, the international online training that professionals in audit, cyber, and IT turn to for binge-worthy content. If you're a member of the Simply Cyber community, use promo code SIMPLYCYBER30 to get 30% off your first month or first year. Guys, I'll be the first one to say do the free stuff first, but if you're looking for a hyper, you know, comprehensive, consolidated, curated, high-quality uh, bundling of content for different things in IT, audit, and cyber, ACI Learning is actually uh, very, very good. I'm, I'm proud to be affiliated with them, frankly. So check it out. All right, guys. Now, what I would ask you to do is in the next couple minutes, shout out where you are, and I will map it on the map, and we'll see if we can go around the world. Let's do it. All right. USA's in the house. I see Kenya in the house. All right, here we go. MIT's in the house. What's up, Indiana? Hey, Rochester, St. Petersburg, Florida's in the house. Arizona's up in here. Holy crap, you guys are going quick. I saw France. Mods, I definitely need an assist on this one. Puerto Rico, I love you. What's up, Afghanistan? I see you. Uh, where's Afghanistan? Boom, baby. Afghanistan's in the house. Dublin, Ireland bringing it online. What's up, IRL? Yo, the DR's in the house. Malaysia's in here. I see you, Malaysia. Oh, we're going around the world quickly right now. I got you, Dublin. King Victory, we got you. We got you, bud. Dirty Jersey. Ugh. Australia's in the house. Oi, oi, oi. What's up, Sean Porter? The Philippines coming online. What's up, Philippines? Happy to have you here. What's up, Harrisburg, PA? North Dakota coming in strong. Beautiful Colorado. Hey, Singapore, I see you. Where's Singapore? I think I'm going to need an assist on Singapore. Uh, India's in the house. We got Asia coming on strong. West Virginia, Iowa, corn country. McKinney, Texas up in here. Canada, Maple Leafs coming in strong. I love it. What's up, Darius Cater? All right. Hot Lanta's in the house. Come on now, Ontario. I see you. Botswana bringing it in. More Africa. Like, first time looking at a map. Where's Botswana? Botswana! Crap. I need help. All right, we'll come back to Botswana. Somalia's in the house. I see you, Somalia. All right. All right, let's do some, uh... Let's do some, uh, uh, some, some, uh, just cleaning up here. Hold on, let me, let me do this really quickly. Great work, everybody. We'll see. As we're cleaning up, we'll see if we got South America online. I'm going through mods. We have South Africa. We have Somalia. We have um, Nigeria. I saw um, Singapore. I don't know why I can't find Singapore. Like, like my first time here today. Like China, Laos. I thought Singapore was near uh, Thailand, but apparently I'm an ignorant idiot. Sicily's in the house. Come on. How could I have forgot the boot? That should have started the, sh the whole show. Botswana's in Southern Africa. Oh, yeah, right above South Africa. Landlocked, I might add. Landlocked. Uh, Singapore's just below Malaysia. Thank you for that assist. There's Singapore. Thank you very much. It's tiny, huh? Singapore's kind of small. All right, guys, let's take a look at our work and see how we did. Looks like South America's offline today, and South America's in this time zone. Damn. All right, Germany, I see you bringing it on. Tough call uh, yesterday, Germany, being in the, the news for the most uh, uh, so much cybercrime. 
uh, Zimbabwe. I don't know, like who. I don't know who like called Africa, but we've got massive African um, representation today on stream. So this is fantastic. Scotland's in the house. That brings the whole UK on. All right, guys. Thank you all so very much. We did not, unfortunately, succeed, but uh, we did get pretty close going around the world. So very, very uh, cool. Uh, maybe next week we can get uh, South America online. Somebody call South America, please. See, maybe they like, forgot the code to get into the room. I don't know. What's up, Trinidad, Tobago? All right, guys. So here's the deal. Do me a favor. We're ready for the news. Thanks again to ACI Learning. I am going to kind of boogie through this. I do have a 9 a.m., so jaw jacking will be limited. Sit back, relax, and let's let the cool sounds of the hot news wash over us in an awesome way. Thanks, everybody, for playing. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. It's Wednesday, September 6th, 2023. CISA hires Mudge to work on security by design principles. On Monday, the U.S. government's cybersecurity agency confirmed it has added Peter Mudge Zatko to its roster as a senior technical advisor. Zatko most recently served as the CISO at Twitter and blew the whistle on the social media giant's security shortcomings. Zatko's resume also credits him with some of the earliest buffer overflow vulnerability research, serving as a DARPA program manager and creating the Cyber Fast Track program. Jen Easterly said, quote, Mudge joins us in a part-time capacity to help us collaboratively shape the culture of security by design that is foundational to every security team, every C-suite, and every boardroom in the country, end quote. All right, here's the deal. Uh, shout out to Migdalia. Migdalia Gill. Migdalia, you're the best. All right, so check this out. Um, there's a lot of meat on this bone here. Obviously, Jen Easterly Army uh, coming correct in chat. Uh, do love myself some Jen Easterly. If I had to guess, Jen Easterly was instrumental in this particular hire. Just a guess. Uh, Peter Zapko, a.k.a. Mudge. If you don't know who he is, if you're new to the industry, uh, he's a really, really famous elder, if you will. I'm sure he probably wouldn't like it if I called him that. But um, he's famously known for being a member of Loft, which was... Um, uh, for lack of a better term, a hacker collective back in the 90s when hackers were just curious people. Uh, think of the movie Hackers with Johnny Lee Miller. Uh, and they testified before Congress explaining to a bunch of, you know, graybeards that, listen, we could take down anything we want. And so can bad guys. We really need to step up our game. And this is it, to, to many people, this is where a turning point in our industry happened. It was like a seminal moment where cybersecurity like stepped out of just being a military capacity and turned into a, you know, mainstream global type thing. There's a really famous picture. I'm going to bring it up on stream right now. Uh, Cause if you've seen it once, you've seen it um, a million times. Where is it? Come on. It's, it, it's this picture. It looks like the last supper. Um, Mudge is right in the middle. He's got long hair. He was kind of like, I don't know, the spokesperson. That's why he sat in the middle. Um, so can you see that? Yeah. So this is him right here in the middle. All right. So you're thinking like, why would the U.S. government hire this long haired hippie hacker looking guy? Well, here's the thing. This is just what he looked like. But he's he's incredibly brilliant. He's smart. He was CISO at Twitter. He's the one who uh, blew the uh, whistle on um, oh, what happened. Did I, I lost the story. He's the one who blew the story, uh, the whistle on Twitter 
um, about not, you know, doing things right, allowing source code all over the place. Um, him and his wife, Sarah, actually started uh, a, a cyber lab that was going to do independent testing and stuff like that. I don't think that actually worked, but he has been an absolute advocate, a stalwart champion of good information security, um, comprehensive, holistic. Um, it's not a cash grab thing for him. He's he's really like, I don't want to say a higher calling, but he's really righteous in his um, his approaches to helping secure and he's very much like a you know a patriot and like pro pro um you know greater good so having said all that he's being brought in to look at security by design principles completely qualified for it by the way and i believe that um you know when we say security by design we're talking about best practices manufacturers hey you need to incorporate these things like like a basically basically um simple simple ex uh example right any system or device that you turn on and it doesn't require you to change the admin password on initial run, that's a bad design, right? The ones that force you to change the admin password, and yeah, maybe there's like a sticker on the side that has a unique, long, crappy admin password that if you do a forced reset on the box would reset to that so you could uh, recover for yourself. But if it makes you change the password to anything, then that's a good design. Now, if you choose password one, two, three, well, that's, I can't help that. But, but my point is like, that's a security by design. And then there's a, there's a million other things. So I'm excited. You've got to think that CISA is going, again, CISA is supposed to be like the champion of the public private sector. So all of the work that comes out of him will be, in my opinion, NIST-esque. Uh, I do heart NIST, wicked bad. So let me uh, drop a heart NIST. It'll be NIST-esque, meaning that it'll be guidance, it'll be voluntary, it'll be uh, best practices. And then, uh, spoiler, I can imagine seeing insurance companies uh, adopting these best practices and using it to help shape what policies look like and premiums for policies for businesses that are making products or use products that don't align to best practices. This right here, an absolute win. Go Mudge. All 50 states call on Congress to address AI-generated CSAM. Oh, my God. What? Congress, the attorneys general from all 50 That's U.S. It. states. First of all, so everybody knows, I don't research or review any of this content before we go live. I'm catching it with you. This is ridiculous. Opposed the establishment of a commission dedicated to developing solutions to prevent the creation of AI-generated child sexual abuse material, or CSAM. The AGs highlighted the ease with which bad actors can train AI using images of children to create CSAM deepfakes. Although major social platforms prohibit this content, it can slip through the cracks. The U.S. government had already begun evaluating some risks related to AI as the Biden administration rolled out a plan to promote the ethical use of AI back in May. This is deplorable. Like, I don't care if it's AI generated or it's real. By the way, can I just point out in order to train the model, you have to have real content. Can we round? Like, I hate to, this is not a political show. I have zero tolerance for this. This is deplorable. And the fact that y you can use AI to do it is even grosser. Like, I get that you can't, you could put guardrails in on AI, but there's ways around them. I, this doesn't even, like, 
Lawmakers don't need to get together to discuss this. I think it's a pretty easy decision. I think we can make this in like one 30-minute meeting. This is one of those ones where an email could just do it instead of meeting on it, okay? So this is not good. I mean, there's there's a million things. I'm not an expert. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not any of these things. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm not... I'm just saying, like, I think, obviously, this is terrible. Second of all, um, I think it's going to, uh, like, encourage um, bad, you know, those behaviors and people who are susceptible to those behaviors in order to, you know, I. this is gross. And and, and just, just to put a finer point on it, too, um, I have, I saw just yesterday, I forget where I saw, I was like, I get so many feeds now and DMs and stuff, I, I can't even know where things come from anymore but i saw somebody post that there's like there's like this um group of people who are basically generating ai women and then rating them like 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 misogynists rating ai women and then like like you know uh, like criticizing them and stuff it's like what the heck like i what are we doing what are we doing here people so <sighs> I only bring it up because it's it seems relevant to this. This is gross. I agree all 50 states should, you know, really should push this. This should be a priority. Uh, I think we're going to see international communities adopting uh, similar, um, similar, you know, regulations or legislation or guidance or direction on this. This is awful, man. Um, this is awful. Stake.com loses $41 million to hot wallet hackers. Online cryptocurrency casino Stake.com announced that its Ethereum and Binance smart chain hot wallets had been compromised to perform unauthorized transactions resulting in over $41 million in stolen crypto. The platform swiftly reassured users that their funds were safe and all other wallets not directly impacted by the attack remained fully operational. There is no word on what threat actors stole the crypto or how stake.com's security was breached, but hot wallet attacks are typically the result of the private key being leaked or compromised. Stake.com's co-founder, Ed Craven, said that only a small portion of its digital currency reserves are kept in hot wallets due to their inherent risks. Atlas. All right. Uh... All right. So a couple things. One. First of all, one, I love this AI art. Uh, this is basically, I think the input to the AI uh, was BSEC on a, on, a, on a heater in Vegas. That's what this uh, mid-journey prompt was, BSEC on a heater in Vegas. That's what's going on right here. Um, so online cryptocurrency casino got hacked for $40 million. All right, two things. One, this smells of um, Lazarus Group. Not saying it was Lazarus. Honestly, $41 million is kind of low for Lazarus wanting to hit someone. But it's kind of like that. Hot wallets, guys, if you don't own the keys, you don't own the money, right? Hot wallets, uh, again, I'm not a big crypto person. I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it, love it, love it. I, that's Charles Finfrock, friend of the show. Uh, Crinkles and Stephanie Strauss got the emotes on there. Um, here's the thing. Um, Basically, they're using crypto. They got to keep the money in wallets so they can, you know, move the transactions around. Someone got the, the the private keys. Now, they could have been leaked because crappy code, bad software, 
third-party risk, insider threat. There's no idea on how this got leaked. The good news is, it, 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 you know, hey, oh, look out, look out. I'm going to push my glasses up my nose. The GRC nerd here immediately goes to GRC things. Uh, my first thought is, you know, way to go, stake.com. They do have to keep money in hot wallets in order to keep the liquidity of, like, the, you know, the poker table or the slots or whatever they're doing there um, moving. But good risk management by only keeping up here apparently $40 million in hot wallets and the rest uh, outside of hot wallets. Now, it doesn't say how much money they had beyond $40 million on the platform, but they seem pretty chill about it. So I'm thinking, you know, $40 million is not that much. Plus, you got to imagine that that this is a risk exposure thing. They didn't put all their eggs in the hot wallet basket, if you will, because of the risk of, of this particular attack happening. So they suffer it. I don't know if they have insurance. Insurance might make them whole. They are making all their customers whole, which is the important thing from a uh, like an integrity perspective. If stake.com got hit, and they didn't reimburse their customers, they they might as well close the doors and call it a day. So um, good good for them. Um, and, you know, it sucks that they got hit, but uh, it, it could be state-sponsored hackers or not. It's, it's hard to tell because they don't go into detail on how the compromise actually happened. So it's very difficult to uh, uh, make, make attribution or, or even speculate, frankly. VPN Zero Day leaks users' real IP addresses. In a proof of concept exploit shared on Reddit, a researcher named Educational Map 8145 describes how the Linux client of Atlas VPN, specifically the latest version 1.0.3, has an API that can be exploited to reveal a user's real IP address. Atlas VPN's Linux API listens on localhost over port 8076 and offers a command line interface but does not authenticate users. The vulnerability is a severe privacy breach for VPN users as it exposes their approximate physical location and actual IP address, allowing them to be tracked and nullifying one of the core reasons for using a VPN provider. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. So um, there's lots of reasons to use VPNs, right? You might look at this story and be like, well, what's the big deal? Um, I use a VPN and I'm able to like drop into... Uh, I'm able to drop into uh, the UK, right? I saw some Scotland, some Ireland, King Victory over in Dublin. I'm able to drop in and uh, watch, you know, football, European football, uh, as if I'm local or I can watch out-of-market games, right? That's one use case. But there's another one. Imagine, if you will, for a hot minute that you're, um, you know, a civil rights activist or you're a political activist or you're... Um, you know, trying to question authoritative regimes or you're an investigative journalist, whatever. There's reasons that are righteous, not just hiding um, to use VPNs. And when they leak your real IP address, that's not that's not good, y'all. And, and by the way, like your IP address, like, okay, so if you have a house and you've got assigned an IP address from Comcast and you've had it for like years, yeah, that's that's like a pin on a map. But I mean, if you're running around on a hotspot or something like that, it could, it could move around, right? The IP address could change or if you're in hotels and stuff like that. But the point is, when you're using a VPN, you're kind of hoping and expecting some level of anonymity. Now, the VPN provider is always going to have your real address or IP address and probably some information on you when you sign up for them. 
but they're not supposed to disclose that or whatever the terms are. We've seen different instances where VPN providers promised they wouldn't do that and then they were selling it. We've seen it before where federal uh, subpoenas make the VPN providers give that information. So it's not bulletproof, right? Go see my stream yesterday where I talked about walking halfway to the wall. There is no 100%, right? In anything. But with this one, real IP address, you know, now you could get rounded up for being a dissent. You could get investigated. You could become, you know, an enemy of the state. So uh, there are some high stakes here. And uh, this is really bad for Atlas. If people who use Atlas um, know this, they might stop using Atlas, frankly. So from a business perspective, this may be no good for them. I do want to point out there was not a data breach uh, of Atlas VPN users and all their IP addresses. This is just a vulnerability. So from a risk perspective, exploitation would have to occur. So some somebody with intent wanting to find out whose address is would have to know, or IP address, I'd have to know that um, J-Dub, I'd have to know J-Dub is using Atlas VPN and I'd have to know how to exploit this vulnerability. Then I'd have to be able to you know, identify J-Dub's account in Atlas VPN to the real IP address that got leaked. You know what I mean? So it's not just like Atlas VPN pukes people's IP address on internet. There's a little bit more work here. Again, you always got to think about like what's involved and how does it work in order to um, uh, 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 formulate and, and qualify the risk. King Victory with the super chat. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Thank you so much, King Victory. Genuinely appreciate it. All right, let's keep going. And now a word for Ooh, our mid -roll. sponsor, let's do that. Comcast. What if you could integrate enterprise-wide business intelligence with your security data for better contextual insights into potential threats and compliance issues? You can with Databee from Comcast Technology Solutions. Learn how Databee enables users to leverage integrated insights to mitigate risks and stay compliant. To learn more, visit https colon slash slash comcast slash databee. That's comca dot st slash d-a-t-a-b-e-e. -E. I don't know about you guys. Marcus Kyler, I don't know, man. I think I liked yesterday's read where they're talking about data rules everything around me. Right? Great cash, homie. <laughs> All right, guys, it's the mid-roll. I'm sorry, I'm a, again, I'm a hot mess express today, so I don't know if there's any first-timers here, but if you are a first-timer here, welcome to the show, and we do this every mid-roll. Guys, I want to thank all of you, all of you, 320 of you beautiful people. I want to thank all of you for being here today. Uh, do me a favor, hit the like button. It'll help other people find the... Uh, show right if we want to grow this community we have to uh, help people find the show so if it's your first time here maybe it's because yesterday we did this pay it forward hit the like button on youtube pay it forward let us know what's up thanks to the stream sponsors barricade cyber panopsi and anti-siphon training guys anti-siphon training is here to disrupt the traditional training industry by providing high quality cutting edge education to everyone regardless of their financial position Anti-Siphon is a wonderful company. They are underneath Black Hills Information Security, who I absolutely love and am super pumped to be associated with. If you click on the link in the description below, you'll actually be able to go to the training section. If you check out the Pay What You Can training, you'll actually find all their upcoming schedule of live, high-quality training that is Pay What You Can, $0, $20, $50, whatever you want. What's up, Angie Yarbrough? 
Love it. First timer. So, guys, don't sleep. John Strand himself is going to be teaching a four-day course for whatever uh, you want to pay starting September 18th. I personally would love to do it. Um, I, you know what I mean? Like, it's I don't need to take the class, but I just love learning. I love John Strand. I love anti-siphon. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I would love to take this class and then do a book report on it for everybody. But uh, that's just not in the cards right now. Go to the link in the description below and check it out. Guys, Kevin Green has got the baton right now. Kevin Green, if you would like. Um, hey, Kalechi, Kem, Kalechi Kemjika, welcome. Welcome to the party. Hey, Ray Tierney, love it, love it, love it. Good to see you. Sorry, not sorry, no, it's all good. It's all good. Guys, Kevin Green has got the baton right now, my friends. And Kevin Green is gonna tag someone in LinkedIn. If you SF with the first timer, you guys are crushing it. Listen, if you guys want to supercharge your LinkedIn feed and grow your professional network, this is basically a hack. This is a straight up hack and this works perfectly. Kevin Green's going to tag someone in chat. That person's going to post on LinkedIn their, their cyber story and they're going to use hashtag simply cyber community challenge. Now here's the, the hack. You listening to this, the other 321 people in the room, Go on LinkedIn, search for this hashtag. You're gonna find a bunch of posts. We've been doing this for like 100 days in a row. We're gonna find a bunch of posts. Here's the trick. Connect with the person in the post, so you're a first level connection. Tell them you saw the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Connect with the people in the comments, same thing. Now here's the real trick. Comment on the post. You will get picked up in the Peloton, and the next person who connects with people in the comments and posts will connect with you. You're going to, excuse me, you're going to supercharge your LinkedIn feed. And in a few weeks, your network's going to be much larger. And it's going to be full of like-minded, supportive, cybersecurity, inclusive people. And bonus, your feed on LinkedIn is going to turn into something that's really valuable instead of just mildly entertaining. So Kevin Green tag someone. We're going to get into it. What's up, BJ Rao from India? Hashtag first timer. Love it. All right, guys. Let's giddy up. Um, let's giddy up. I'm kind of running, uh, running uh, behind today. We got, I got a, a client meeting at 9 a.m. I want to tell you about the uh, Thursday live. So let's keep going here. Thanks everybody for being here. Genuinely appreciate it. Ukraine's. Come, come on, man. What, what are we doing here? What are we? Says energy facility disrupted a fancy bear intrusion. On Tuesday, Ukraine's Computer Emergency Response Team, or CERT-UA, said a Russian cyber Thanks, espionage group was caught attacking an unspecified critical energy facility in Ukraine. A cybersecurity expert working for the targeted organization thwarted the attack, which CERT-UA attributed to Kremlin-controlled hackers known as Fancy Bear or APT-28. CERT-UA said the group used phishing emails claiming to contain a link to images of several women that, when clicked, runs a malicious script on the targeted device. However, an employee identified the cyber threat and took steps to respond, including blocking access to Windows script host and certain web resources used by Fancy Bear. All right, two things. One, here's a live look in a Fancy Bear um, attacking. <laughs> All right. Um... Thank you, uh, mods. Uh, which one was it? Uh, BSEC, of course. All right, so guys, check it out. APT-28, no joke. This is basically the tip of the spear for the uh, Russian military cyber uh, capabilities. You know, obviously Russia's in a, in a conflict or war with uh, 
with uh, Russia. Chris Bryan coming in over the top rope. Jerry, today marks my one-year anniversary as my job as an InfoSec analyst. I've been listening and following your content since I started. I owe much to you, and you've given to the community. I appreciate you. Thank you, Christopher Bryant. Did we just become best friends? Yep. First of all, thanks to the Super Chat. Second of all, first year. Dude, happy anniversary. Are you kidding me, Chris Bryant? Like, hey, you know what? For your anniversary, buy yourself some new boots because you're just kicking walls, kicking doors down, my friend. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thanks so much for not only the super chat, but also sharing your wins and successes with the community. Uh, definitely appreciate that. Guys, APT28, tip of the spear. Um, two things. One, they're in this war with Ukraine. Two, um, you know, they shut the power down on Ukraine in 2014. So they're, they're used to this OT type stuff. Three, way to go Ukraine for stepping up your game and actually being, uh, even more effective to stop an attack on an energy facility Four, bro, you are in an actual war right now. If, if, if you are working, if you were in a war, right? Like you're okay. So like 10 years ago, you're an American, you're in a forward operating base in Afghanistan and you get an email unsolicited from a, a, you know, a pretending to be a female that says, hi, I talked to three girls and they agreed their photos are in this archive. Check out this website at your work email. You're sitting there wearing camouflage, you know, in a, in a, in a sock or in a, um, what do they call those things? Um, command center clacking away on a keyboard. There's like, you know, grease boards behind you and walkie talkies and all like all of a sudden you're going to go to some random file server to check out nudes. What are we doing here? And then the fact that this works somehow, bro, information security awareness. I know it's boring if you do it wrong, but we need to educate people who are in military theater to not do stupid stuff. All right. I, I'm super pumped, super pumped that they thwarted it, super pumped that they got in. Um, I will point out that the fact that they knew about this stuff makes me think that maybe someone did run it and fell for it and they caught it on the technical side. Um, or they may have forwarded the email to uh, Threat Intel and Threat Intel downloaded it into a sandbox and did an analysis of it. Yeah, BSEX commenting, uh, this is really true. If you guys remember at the very beginning, like the day before Russia invaded uh, Ukraine, and if you don't remember, it's a funny story. Uh, the Russian troops were on the border of like Karasar or whatever, like the top left of Ukraine, because they were going to do like a pincer movement. Um, and the, the, the Russian troops were bored, so they were on Tinder trying to like hook up with local Ukrainian women. And the Ukrainian women are like, what the hell? Why is there like a thousand new Russian guys in my area? Uh, and they basically, you know, terrible OPSEC. They dropped knowledge to the local Ukrainian government and military capability. And Ukrainians were able to respond much more swiftly than, um, you know, like it was basically the equivalent of like <laughs> Paul Revere's like ride to Concord where he's like, um, the British are coming, like the British are coming Two lights, you know, like instead it was like, uh, you know, you know, Ukrainian women on Tinder, like screaming out the Russians are coming. You know, two likes or two swipes to the right or whatever. All right. Lockbit leaks documents swiped from UK defense contractor. 
Last month, British perimeter security company Zon Limited was breached by the notorious Lockbit Group. In its public breach disclosure on September 1st, Zon Limited indicated that Lockbit had breached a PC used to control one of its manufacturing machines. The PC was running Windows 7, support for which concluded in 2020 with extended security updates ending in January 2023. Zon said its cyber defenses prevented threat actors from encrypting their data, but that about 10 gigabytes of info was stolen. Lockbit appears to have leaked sensitive documents relating to the physical security of agencies in the UK Ministry of Defense. However, Zod said that it does not believe that any classified documents were compromised in the attack. All right, a couple of things. One, they believe no classified documents were compromised in attack. You'd, you'd hope that they'd have a little bit high level of confidence. Uh, second of all, um, Lockbit getting uh, more data. Again, Lockbit's a ransomware as a service, so they're basically smash and grab. Like, literally, um, it, Lockbit is uh, successful, so I don't want to... Um, I don't want to downplay or poop on them in order to like make it seem like they're a bunch of goobers. They are a threat actor that you need to be serious about. But the way Lockbit approaches things, like I don't know if you guys saw Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. I know this is a bit of a deep cut, but like the the sticky bandits, right? The Marv, he like he duct taped his he had duct tape all over his hands and they're like walking through the park and he's just like slapping things like sl slapping a person in the head and taking their hat slapping his hand into a Salvation Army donation bin and pulling out a bunch of coins like Marv wasn't going for particular attacks he was just like slapping around and like whatever stuck to his sticky hands that was like his booty for the for that you know crime Lockbit feels like kind of similar right it's like. They're just like slapping around if like they hit, if they hit like a school, cool. If they hit some UK defense contractor, cool. It, it's not, they don't seem to be targeted. It's much more whatever you get and like, well, you know, like it, it doesn't cost much to get it. So then we'll uh, figure out what we got after we do it. Or it's like, you know, or I, I made this comparison before for a more modern audience who don't know uh, Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. It's like Storage Wars. You know the TV show on like Discovery? And if you are international, you don't know what this is. There's like storage containers. So you're going to move and you put a bunch of crap in a storage container. But then you like forget to pay or you move away and you don't care about that gear or whatever. And then the storage people sell your container as like an auction. And you have to buy the whole container. You get to look in it, right? Same thing. Like you could be buying a container full of like rare baseball cards. Or you could be buying a container full of like moldy clothes and bags you don't know what you're getting this is how i feel about lockbit like they're all over the place so if you something actionable for you is you should be mindful again i say this all the time you should not be defending from the lockbit you should be building a security program that protects from ransomware attacks and assume you will get hit with one and mitigates the damage done by the ransomware so how fast it moves how far it moves and most importantly targets your ability to recover in a timely way uh, aligned to your business um, uh, you know, objectives and RTOs and these type of things. You shouldn't be targeting Lockbit. You should be targeting ransomware. Okay, that's my, my thing on uh, Lockbit. Global cloud security market to reach nearly $63 billion by 2028. According to the 2023 Global Cloud Security Market Report from Research and Markets, the global cloud security market is expected to grow from $40.7 billion in 2023 to $62.9 billion by 2028. 
The report cites the surge in multi-cloud environments, adoption of advanced technologies like AI and ML for cloud security, proliferation of BYOD and CYOD trends, and the rise of DevSecOps as pivotal factors for the growth. The data security segment is anticipated to record the most significant market size growth as businesses increasingly rely on cloud services to store data in the face of stricter data privacy regulations and the rise of remote work. The banking and financial services sector is poised to attain the largest market size, while North America is expected to capture the largest market size of any global region. Finally, Asia-Pacific is expected to have the highest cloud security growth rate during the forecast period. All right, Jesus Christ. All right, so if that gave you a popsicle headache, you're not alone. A lot of numbers being thrown in there. Guys, the TLDR here is, and it shouldn't be a surprise to you, there is an A-load of money. Great cash, homie being thrown around in the information security space. Now, don't think that this equates to salaries, right? And investments. This is the value of businesses mostly making security technology products. Think of, you know, your Cisco's, your Palo Alto's, you know, and and then there's like a another tier below that um, of, of uh, but it's a huge market, a lot of money going into it. It's continuing up. There is a lot of practitioners in it and a lot of money. That's why it is what it is. Um, when I when I listen to this story, it just it's more of the same, right? Like year over year, since like 2050, year over year, it's like, hey, the market's going to continue to increase. Like, yes, well aware of it. There's going to be more saturation. There's going to be more work. This is all good for us, okay? Because there's money there. But this doesn't affect us as practitioners because... Like we're not, unless we're entrepreneurs and we're starting businesses and we're getting into that market, then there's one thing that matters. If you are thinking about starting an MSP or an MSSP, if you are thinking about creating some tech or whatever, just know that there's a boatload of inf- of money out there. Even though we're in inflation, even though there's recessions looming on the horizon, InfoSec is exploding. I want to share this really quickly because I just made friends with this guy recently and he released this uh, newsletter today. This is Mike Prevett, and he actually has a cybersecurity focused newsletter. I, I, t- I tweeted it on LinkedIn earlier today. Um, really interesting take. So his whole thing is about the, the business and the economics of our industry, cybersecurity. It's really cool. He joins all the earnings calls and um, shares like his takes on it. Um, one interesting thing on this this um, issue 109 that he released earlier today is around Sentinel One's earning calls and poo-pooing on the Wiz acquisition and stuff like that. So, anyways, if you're interested in like this story, you may be interested in Mike's newsletter. Uh, again, this isn't hands-on keyboard tactical execution threat intel type work. It, it's much more about the macro of our industry and trends and money and all that stuff. Okay. Sec leaks source code of alleged Iranian surveillance tool. The hacking group GoSec is disclosing the source code they say belongs to the Iranian FanApp software group. GoSec said via Telegram that it has analyzed around 26 gigabytes of FanApp's compressed source code in which it discovered facial recognition and various other privacy-invading features and tools. So far, GoSec has released various components of the code, such as configuration files and API data. According to GoSec, FanApp provides spyware technology to financial services and IT firms, but has now expanded its wares into a comprehensive surveillance system used by the Iranian government to monitor its citizens. FanApp denied the reports about the leak and said the claims were made without technical expertise and aimed at inciting public opinion.
All right. And that does it. I'll be pretty quick with this one. Um, this is a little bit of he said, he said, she said. So GoSec, um, I don't know who GoSec is, but they've leaked source code. So you're able to compile this application or, you know, rebuild the application. Um, and it's basically an Iranian surveillance tool. Okay. Um, so think of it as Pegasus software or spyware. You can drop it on your adversaries. You could drop it on um, an ex-lover. Uh, you could drop it on political opponents, whoever. And it allows you to do some level of spying. Uh, you know, I don't know it well enough to know if it's like Keylogger or, or if it's full-on take over the phone and listen to stuff. Uh, there is some pushback here. The Iranian group that owns it says that the, um, the data is not actually the source code. So we'll see. The fact that it's leaked publicly means that researchers are going to look at it and it will come out definitively. It will come out whether or not it is in fact the source code to the spyware or not. So this like, you know, puff chest posturing doesn't matter one way or the other. It's going to come out. If it does come out and it is in fact the software, that's scary because that means that the so the so the software for a more sophisticated spy tool will become kind of public, uh, public repo, public source. And then you'll have everybody use it, not everybody, but lots of people using it, businesses, individuals. It'll get kind of spammy out there, uh, which is no good for anybody, especially people who are um, at risk of, you know, like, like I said, you got some like psychopath stalker, um, you're a business that's like poised for acquisition, you know, like it's just, it's not, it's, it's, it's not good. It's not fair if it is in fact leaked. All right, guys, <clears throat> that's going to do it for today's stream. I've got, uh, just two minutes. Cause I do have a, a client meeting on, uh, at 9am Eastern time. Guys, I want to remind you later today, if you want to keep the party going, if you want to high five, um, later today at 1 p.m. Eastern time, so in four hours, I'll be uh, meeting with uh, Virginia Case live on stream. You're welcome, Pursuit of Bliss. Uh, I'll be live on stream. I just dropped the link in chat with Virginia Case. This is episode eight. This is the final episode of the Simply Cyber original series, How to Market Your Cyber Self. We did eight episodes. It's a single run. This is episode eight. It's been a awesome experience. If you've been riding the train with us since episode one, you know what we're up to. I do make all of the episodes available on replay. After today's show, I'm actually going to bundle them all up and release them on audio podcast as an entire season because I'm a bigger fan of binge watching. By the way, Amazon Prime, I see you with your tricks. Uh, Wheel of Time series releasing three episodes all at once so I get all frothed up and binge it and then I realize that four through eight are going to be leaked weekly oh you really you really got me with that one Amazon so anyways come join us at one o'clock Virginia is excellent at what she does uh, she's a marketing expert and we're gonna we're gonna finish this show out uh, properly now really quickly I want to share with everybody I haven't made a promo card for it I haven't told anyone to do it I was actually going to um, I was actually going to do this later in the month, but just because of timing and, and things, I want to share with you um, this Thursday, this Thursday at 4.30 p.m. So on uh, tomorrow, 9, 7, 4.30 p.m. 
I'm going to be doing Simply Cyber Live like I always do on Thursdays, except instead of having a guest on, I'm going to be the guest, and I'm going to be doing essentially, um, think of it as like a State of the Union address, right, or State of the Simply Cyber address, okay? A lot has happened. There's big announcements to be made. Um, I'm going to be sharing what the big announcements are. I'm going to be sharing the current state of everything. I'm going to be sharing with you what you can expect from Simply Cyber and of me for the next 90 days. Um, I will be held accountable. I will tell you what I'm planning for 90 to 180 days. I've got some really big ideas. Some of them are going to directly uh, positively impact the community. Some of them are like really fun ideas that I think you guys are really going to enjoy. Um, and every 90 days, I'm going to hold one of these meetings and we're going to look back at the action items I said I would complete, you know, in the first meeting and I will be held accountable. I see you uh, as um, my boss effectively, right? Like I, like I'm accountable to you all uh, and I serve all of you. So I'm going to tell you what you can expect. I'm going to deliver on it. And then in the next one, we're going to review it. I'm going to crush it. And then I'm going to tell you what you can expect in the next 90 days and then 90 to 180. And we will rinse and repeat. And that will be a quarterly uh, experience for everybody. And if it sucks and people don't like it, well, then we'll stop doing it. I'm very cool with pivoting uh, and being transparent. But I really believe that I... No, I want to do this. I feel like it's appropriate to uh, to disclose to you guys, especially you know squad members who put their own money in to support the channel, uh, people who do super chats, people who show up every single day, uh, even when it's really hard to do there. People like you know uh, Barricade Cyber, Panopsi, Anti Siphon, ACI Learning, all y'all. So that's what's up. All right, it's gonna be good, guys. Looking forward to it. Huge plans. I've got huge, huge plans. The studio's really close to done. Uh, Mrs. Ozier finished all the trim yesterday. Uh, the built-ins are looking dope. It's going to be good. I got to go, though, guys. I uh, got a meeting in one minute. All the best. Crush it. I'll see you guys at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Until next time, stay secure. Everybody, I hope you enjoyed that content. Keep the cybersecurity train going by connecting with the other Simply Cyber community resources. We have the Discord server that's lively and always keeps the conversation going. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And also every single weekday morning on the Simply Cyber channel, we're doing live daily cyber threat briefings, 8 a.m. Eastern time, as well as Thursday at 4.30 p.m. We're doing live stream interviews with industry experts, and we produce videos that we push out every Wednesday morning. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content, and we'll see you in the next one. One.